So, as many of you know, this hasn't been a fun week for me. Our basement, which is where I record these podcasts, flooded and we had to gut the place. And to make things even worse, our insurance company weaseled its way out of paying for anything. So I put a call out on social media, asking if there was anyone who had been on the fence about maybe buying some Witch Police merch, that now would be an opportune time because we could really use the money. And the response has been overwhelming. People have bought merch, they've signed up on Patreon, they've donated generously, and overall just showed that they feel this podcast is something really worthwhile. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who's helped out this past week. Your support means a lot to me and a lot to my family, and thanks to all of you. Since I make a practice of specifically shouting out new Patreon subscribers on the show, I want to give a big thanks first to Dictionary and Catherine, but also to Jamie, Chris, Ryan, Mike, Chris, Alex, Kyle, Rob, Adam, Jared, Diana, Trista, Steve, Julianne, Tina, Ernie, Fuller, Doug, Ben, and anyone else I forgot for all your support during this weird time. Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them Witch Police Radio sent you. Up your ass and get up on the podcast. Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast. Which police radio? Welcome to Which Police Radio. Uh, once again, I live on the internet, which is where we all live, and uh, for some reason, I feel compelled to tell people that every single time I start an episode. But uh, over the years of doing this show, I often ask listeners which local bands and artists they'd like to hear on the podcast. And I get usually get a pretty good response, and there's it's difficult for me to get to everyone that gets recommended. But the guest on this episode is in a band that has been recommended every time, and for whatever reason, I just haven't reached out uh, until just recently so i'm happy we can have you on the show um i think this will make a lot of listeners happy too because they keep saying well what you know when are they going to be on but Mm -hmm. i think before we start any of that the best way to get this thing kicked off is if you want to introduce yourself and maybe just give a bit of background about what you're known for musically in winnipeg and beyond for sure for sure um yeah i play in a band called comeback kid uh we started the band 21 years ago in year 2000 and we put out six albums and we're if all goes to plan we'll put out our seventh later this year right uh I'm not sure exactly what month because there's a lot of balls in the air right now with this whole like pandemic light at the end of the tunnel whatever yeah, thing yeah. going on right now so. well and i think that maybe it's interesting to talk to you because uh you know i talk to artists at varying levels of success and you know it could be someone uh who is playing a basement shows maybe three shows ever and this is their first time you know and they're on the podcast or someone like you who's you know, doing world touring when this pandemic hit. So it's affected everyone, but it's affected, I think, different people in different ways. And so yeah. I imagine that for you guys, um, getting this kind of news that everything's shutting down was very different than it would have been for, you know, some very small band that wasn't playing a lot of shows. What was that situation like for you when you kind of got the uh, the word that it was all ending? Uh, well, I guess that, that was the thing. We didn't really get the word that it was all ending. It was like this tour you have coming up doesn't look like it's going to happen. Right. Um, hopefully everything settles down and, uh, you know, cause yeah, when it happened, when the first tour got canned, I think that would have been mid 
February or something like that, that we kind of made that call for, well, it might've even been a bit later. I can't even remember, but this is for a Southeast Asian tour that was supposed to happen at the end of March, beginning of April. Right. And yeah, we, as, as that was kind of, as we're watching the news and whatever, our agent was like, we should probably talk about this (laughs) because things are looking pretty bad out there. And like every couple of days, it just became more obvious what was going, going to happen. So yeah, everything just started getting pushed back and uh we're like well at least we got that may tour so hopefully you know (laughs) things work it work itself out in april and so on so yeah but yeah just just became more obvious every week that uh this is going to be a lot longer than anybody anticipated i think well and having been in the band for two decades i mean this has been your job for forever right i mean so it's again it's a very different situation i think than someone who's just doing a band part-time you know and working another job on the side so what was it like to sort of have everything come to a grinding halt? Uh, you know, eventually once you realized that this was, these tours weren't going to happen and the next tour uh, postponement was going to happen and so on, like did that, it obviously affected the band's plans in, in a huge way, but how did you get, I guess, from, from there to now finally uh, being able to be in the studio and, and record new material? Um, that was kind of part of the overall plan. Like I'm, we're not, we're not really uh right right out the 18 month or two year plan kind of band yeah. but i mean we all have to put out records um and you know our last one was out in 2017 so we 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 are due um <clears throat> so i think if i remember correctly our original intention was actually to write well i mean everybody's always writing but uh to you know kind of get together and solidify the songs and record and put the album out earlier than we are now. Like oh, really? this, prob- this probably, th- this could have been out late last year or early this year. If this whole thing hadn't happened because um, yeah, we were already making plans for, for all of that. And so everything just really slowed down because a lot of touring bands, us, us being one of them really depend on new music to, sure keep keep the energy at the shows alive um keep the keep the momentum going um and not to mention we want to make new music as as, as well it's not of just course, yeah. purely from a business standpoint we need new music so we can tour um but yeah we actually slowed things down um you know to do this so yeah was it, is this the longest time you've had without being able to play a show in the history of the oh. band without question yeah. not even like yeah not even i mean from the from the day i would have played my very first show in the mid 90s i've never gone this long without playing a show yeah by far so what's that like i guess in terms of just the like the d- dynamic of the band because you guys aren't with each other every day like you would have been touring and constantly you know getting rehearsals in in the sense of just playing shows all the time and and having that that, that again you've been together for 21 years so i'm sure a lot of that's muscle memory at this point but was there a bit of a learning curve kind of getting back to, to recording new material just because it had been so long since you've been actively playing? Um, I think, I don't think it was too different uh, because the last few records, like uh, we don't all live in the same city. Right. Right. So um, I mean, the first few records, we just basically wrote everything in my basement in my other house. Um, we'd get together and, whatever and wouldn't really demo things the way that we do now. Like now everybody's got a, got a laptop with the garage band or whatever. Right. Sure. And sure. we we can send each other our ideas that way, kind of build off of them. <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, we had sent each other 
our ideas and then uh we blocked a couple weeks to get three of us together okay to kind of build off of that and then we did another session with everybody um for a few weeks just to you know really get it together and then we went to the studio okay okay well, that sounds relatively smooth, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm making it sound way smoother <laughs> than it actually was because there's a lot of stuff that happens when you're working on music with several different writers, right? Sure, yeah. um, everybody's, yeah. you know, you butt heads and you, you know, you're amped on a song, and then all of a sudden you're not amped on a song, and yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to dwell on the pandemic too much because everyone's sick of talking about it, myself included. Yeah. But I mean, one of the things that I was wondering, especially with, with a band like yours, is is what what do you sort of foresee happening when, when shows start coming back? Because, you know, it, it, to be honest, it's been about 15 years since I saw you guys live. But even then, um, you know, it's a very... Uh, seeing you live is an experience, right? It's a very uh, kind of... Um, it's a part of it. it just that that yeah. presentation, the, the way the crowd reacts, the way that you interact with the crowd... And assuming that things roll out where, you know, there'll be socially distanced crowds or maybe 50% capacity, things like that going forward, how does that affect how you sort of present the music that you play without it's having be... that necessarily the same reaction that you could get from a, a packed house? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be, it's, it'll be a learning curve for us because we're the band, even though we could, like I'm 45 yeah. and, you know, we're all getting older, but we're still that band that argues with the venue about a barricade you know it's like if there's something separating us from the audience uh, we're trying to do whatever we can to yeah. you know get that removed sometimes we're successful most times we're not <laughs> so this is going to be it's gonna it's gonna be different um but i think the cool thing about it is everybody will kind of understand that we're all going to have to adapt crowd and band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they know it's not us trying to be rock stars, trying to like, you know, distance, don't step on my pedal board. Don't knock over the <laughs> mic stand. We're not that kind of band. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. you know, we want, we want our stage to be your stage kind of thing. But yeah. Um, we also feed off that, that energy. Like, um, you know, it's to go onto a, a stage in an empty room. You can't vibe the same, the yeah. same way. So if it's going to be like a 400 cap room, that's now going to be a hundred cap room where everybody has to be seated and there's people watching to make sure people don't get out of their seat and come, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. going to, it's going to be a weird vibe, but I think I, I'm looking at it optimistically in the sense that it's not going to be the same as it used to be, but I think people are going to work with us and understand and hopefully we get back to that place yeah. where we can spit on each other again and be fine with it. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, I think there's a hunger for people to see live music just in general, right? So people, are, yeah. uh, audience and bands will put up with whatever it takes, I think. I mean, a lot of us are willing to give up a lot just to go get back into that room in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully it happens sooner rather than later, too. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows at this yeah. point.
I, I do wanted to ask you some some stuff about your uh, the new record you're working on, but um, I, I was also curious about the, uh, the the single you put out with the Midnight Oil oil cover on it. Yeah. Because uh, when I saw that, it was just bizarre. I love Midnight Oil. I've been a big fan since I was like ten, and I've been listening to them ever ever since. And so the fact that you guys did that was super cool, and uh, it was very unexpected. I think um, you know stylistically <laughs> to have come back yeah, in yeah, covering Midnight sure. Oil. What was the background behind that? Like, it, I mean, it's a really cool cover too. It, it works uh, surprisingly well. Yeah. Um, thanks. Uh, it, it, it was funny because, <clears throat> you know, we kind of, when we're recording, we always kind of hope to have an extra song or two, or maybe a cover like we'd, we've done, done a cover or two in the past. Well, you did an SNFU one recently too, right? Yeah, we did an SNFU one recently. We also did a Nirvana cover a little, little further back. Oh, Territorial Pissings, right? Yeah. 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 So this one, it was, it just kind of came up randomly because Andrew, just kind of threw the idea out there. And I was like, that's hilarious because like on my phone, I have a list of like, I don't know, 20, 30 songs that I think are coverable for okay. us. Okay. Um, you know, some of them are kind of reaching a, a little, but you know, that happened to be on, on my list as well. So I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm all about it. Let's do it. You yeah. know, cause I, th- there was just something about that chorus that I've heard for many, many years that just is, so whatever, but the hilarious thing is, or maybe embarrassing thing is, I didn't know what the lyrics were about. I didn't know what the song was about. And then when, you know, didn't, don't have to take too long to get into that. And I was like, yeah. we were just like, oh, wow. There's it's really like fitting, a, right? It's, yeah, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a Canadian-Australian connection here. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's different, but the same. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we are just like, oh, oh, and then I, I emailed uh, Peter Garrett. Um, all right. Don't know if it was an actual email, but I think it was his office or whatever that, you know, you could send something to. So I was just like, hey, we're doing this cover. Just wondering if we can get permission to change some of the lyrics because we feel there's some, uh, you know, some connection here between your country and ours. And, yeah. you know, how, how we've how we've how our countries in the past have dealt with indigenous people. And um, uh, I got a message back from them saying, uh yeah, no, no change of lyric is allowed. But good luck with the oh, really? whatever. So signed the or whatever from the office of Peter Care. Okay. So okay. we didn't get the permission to like you know go from like the yeah. What's that four wheeled vehicle they talk about? I can't remember what it's called, but we couldn't like put a snowmobile or whatever. Right there. I was doing a lot of research on <laughs> yeah. things that we could like swap yeah. out. That would be like sort of the Canadian equivalent. But anyways, uh, yeah, we we recorded it. it turned out really well. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. I, I think I think Andrew's voice. Um, you know, totally does the song justice, even though he sounds completely different. It's very he, different style. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You tweak, tweak the harmonies in, in a, in a, in a different way. But, uh, yeah, we just found a way to make the chorus like driving and droning yeah. in a different way, but still that didn't like make it sound like a different song, but you know, it just kind of gave a bit of our own sort of yeah. flair to it or whatever. Well, that part, even in the original song, right before the chorus is pretty heavy anyway, that kind of little pre-chorus yeah. bit. And it yeah, totally yeah. makes sense. It's kind of interesting that um, that a Winnipeg band is covering Midnight Oil because on one of their live albums, they, it actually starts with um, a clip of uh, a powwow like recording of, of indigenous <laughs> singing in Winnipeg. And that oh, always blew my mind no when idea. I was a kid because I have I have this yeah. tape still, or I still have it, and it's got this oh, credit cool. on there, and it's like yeah, thanks to uh, you know whoever the, the names of the people in Winnipeg, yeah, yeah. Manitoba, Canada, huh. and so it's just a very strange uh, you know turnaround. That <laughs> yeah, 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 that's interesting. Yeah. So what was the reception uh, to that song? I mean, from from listeners because it's uh you know I don't know how much of your audience crosses over and listens to both. I, I'm sure there are some like I'm one of them, right? But uh, yeah, uh, 
yeah, that's one of those songs that I think is big enough that um, people just are kind of, whether they're a fan of it or not, they, they're, they're, they're familiar with the song yeah. to some degree. I think at least if you're probably in a 30 plus crowd, maybe yeah, not totally. the, yeah. the 18 to early twenties, maybe not as much, but uh, yeah, no, it was great. And the only time we've ever played it live uh, was in Australia. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, that, which was actually the last thing we did um, over new year's when it flipped from 2019 to 2020. Yeah, we did. We did three shows down there and, okay. you know, we were, we were feeling pretty compelled that we should learn how to play this live. Cause we never even practice it live. We just kind of like broke down our parts in the studio. It was a little more of a last minute move okay. um, when we were recording it. Uh, so yeah, we did it. And, that was cool. What is uh, well, just, re- well received down there? Good. Well, I, I, I hope so. I'd imagine it would be surprising. Well, like I mean, you, yeah. I mean, we could have also completely uh, screwed ourselves over by uh, offending them. But like, what did you do to our, <laughs> our national hero song? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Save this fear To play the 
what you just said a few minutes ago about kind of the, the age range of, of listeners, like now that you've been a band for as long as you have, what who, who, who's your audience? Because like, you know, I'm almost 40. I, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Like I said, I think I first saw you live about 15 years ago or last saw you live about 15 years ago. And I'm also, but I'm also in Winnipeg, right? So, I mean, you, right. know, you were a band that was around a lot when I was going to a lot more shows. Um, do you have kind of a, a bead on who your listeners are at this point? Are there a lot of uh, people who have gone with you throughout the whole 21 years? Uh, I think it, I, uh, my observation is that it kind of ranges um, from country to country, um, maybe continent to continent. Sure. Um, like I would say our oldest crowd is in Europe. And there's a lot of people that I would say came to some of our first tours in the early 2000s that are still coming to our shows. Not as much in North America, um, Canada, maybe a little more so in the States. That's probably our youngest crowd. Okay. okay. Um, it just seems like not everybody, but a lot of people check out when they get into their mid twenties out of hardcore and yeah, maybe they're still into it, but they don't come, come out to shows nearly as much as I notice in other countries. So, okay. yeah, those would be the two contrasting ones, States, youngest, Europe, oldest. Yeah. Well, what is, uh, I guess, what's the appeal of hardcore to you? Like, why, why does hardcore still a thing that, that you are obviously quite happy to be playing every night mm-hmm. and to be, you know, creating within that genre? What, what's the kind of uh, lasting appeal of that? Because, you know, punk rock in general and all of the subgenres, it's often, and often correctly, seen as a young person's genre because mm-hmm. a lot of the uh you know even some of the biggest names in the genre are very youth focused in, in the lyrical content and it's you know it's very aggressive what has worked for you with hardcore that you've uh, stuck with it as long as you have uh i think the thing that got me uh, well there's two two components there's the music and sort of the community okay yeah sure I guess. Yeah, yeah um so from the music side i just i still love the energy i love the just the like for so many of us, it's like, it's, it's an outlet. Like I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert, but it's like my time to do stuff that I wouldn't do, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's just, just a way to blow off some steam or whatever. I, I love the energy. Um, as far as like the, it feels kind of weird or hokey saying this, but the community aspect of it, I, I was kind of drawn to it. Um, like in the, in the late nineties, because it just seemed like uh, a place where you can just be you. Yeah. Um, it didn't, didn't matter back then. Things have changed uh, for sure, but it didn't matter as much. Like if you were religious or you were vegan or you were politically correct or this or that, like there were bands, like yeah. the bill, the bill was, you know, a band like this and a band like that. And a bit, you know, now it's a little different, Yeah. but I, I just love that. Like you be you, um, like we're the, we're the we're the round pegs that don't fit in the square hole in the in the world or whatever. We right. just never really found our place, and but here we are. This is us, um, and we're cool with each other. Yeah. You know, and that that the spirit of that I I still I still love. Even though, like I said, I think it's changed over the years to be maybe a little more fickle. But uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm still here because there is that component that I feel connected to well there's still that common ground between all of the different uh subgroups of people who are, who are into sure. it, right they all they all they can all connect on that level whether it's a, a christian hardcore band or a straight edge band or uh, you know anything right there, there's so many different styles that that have come out of it and they all they all share that passion for for yelling into a microphone or slamming into someone else or whatever it's so, yeah exactly yeah, yeah for sure yeah, yeah. what <laughs> is this is kind of a silly question i guess but i mean uh, 
again, just due to the length of time the band has been around, is there, like, how is aging with hardcore? In terms of just, oh. you know, the, the amount of uh, physicality that comes goes into the genre. And with you guys, you know, in, in particular as well, I mean, it's a very physical live show and a very, very aggressive and very uh, interactive and everything. Is there, does it get tiring? Does it get more tiring now than it was when you were 20? It hurts more. Yeah. Um, the, the hilarious thing is, because I, I mean, I'm on and off with my running, but like sometimes I'm, you know, training for marathons or whatever. Yeah. And I'm also on stage quite a bit and I have a knee problem. And, you know, I see my doctor about it and whatever, but my knee problem is gone. It's because of jumping and slamming. <laughs> like, like I've, I've been home for, well, our last show was January 5th or something like that. Right. Yeah. Last year. Uh, la- yeah. The previous know? year. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so my knee has not had any abuse on stage and it feels it feels great like it hasn't in the last 10 years yeah so yeah there's there's a certain kind of abuse your body takes just from the shows and the traveling yeah um age wise i mean it doesn't get easier i (laughs) i do like what we do on stage because it does help me feel younger sure it makes me like like i i don't i don't want to be like granddad on stage like i'm still feeling it like i'm gonna move around like you know um and i'm also we're as a band we're lucky to be friends with a lot of uh you know the classics like agnostic front sick of it all yeah yeah um you know like look at sick of it all on stage yeah those guys and they're they're, they got a decade on you guys right like yeah they're they're cruising they're cruising they're they're not slowing down any like you know they're in their 50s probably getting close to 60s probably yeah yeah um but like it that was the last full tour we did because I think at the end of 2019 we did three weeks with them and the Cancer Bats and it okay. was just like it's it's inspiring because they're they got they got years on us but they still have a lot of energy so it's like yeah. Well, do you think that the, the playing this kind of music sort of uh, helps you maintain that because yep. because you're spending so much expending so much energy on stage on a regular basis that you you're just like naturally uh, fitter for it. Yeah, I think I think that's that's fair. That's a fair fair observation because like it kind of helps you, um, you know, just being on stage with these other bands kind of inspires you to keep it going. Like you're not trying to outdo each other, and yeah, of course, it's yeah, like yeah. you know that that the energy is is still in the room. Cool. Yeah. Boy, man. 
what can uh, people who've listened to you for a long time, well, what can they expect from this new record that, you, that you're working on? Uh, I'm sure it sounds like Comeback Kid, but, you know, what's, uh, I guess, what's, what's different or new about it that, that people might uh, be looking forward to? Hmm. See, we're in an interesting, interesting position now. That okay. We've, we've never been in before because we it's all been recorded. We finished up in, oh boy, what was our last day? I think March 19th or 20th or something like that. Um, but it, well, we still haven't got a mix yet. Okay. Um, you haven't so, heard it. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So we're, we're mixing it with this guy, Will Putney. Um, so yeah, it's been a month and a half, two months, and I have made a point of not listening to what we've recorded because I don't want to get what we call demoitis, where you just get really married to us. Like, cause we just did a quick board mix with all the yeah. songs with John Paul yeah. before we left the studio, just to get the levels kind of to where we want them and whatnot, just because we can't go to New Jersey and uh, mix with the guy, which is the first time we've ever been able to be in the same room um mixing because okay. sometimes it's nice just to be like can you put that up half a db just so we can hear it, put it down it's gonna be so difficult once we actually get going but he's backlogged or whatever so it's hard for me to compare right now what it's going to sound like because i haven't heard a finished product right okay well fair enough that's uh, yeah. <laughs> um but that being said i think if you're familiar with like like for someone you know, we have the Scott Wade era people. We yeah. have the people who like Andrew, you know. And then there's the people that are fans of the whole catalog, right? And I think if you look at every every album, they don't sound like the last one. But you can hear, like, you know, kind of the launching off from that. Yeah, there's a through line that goes between different. them. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's fair to say that this will be the same thing where it's not going to sound like outside our last record. But you're going to hear, like, you know, some older vibey stuff from like some of the earlier records it like there's a i think it's safe to say you, there's a little bit of every record in there but there's also going to be like some new stuff because we never we never stop trying new things or whatever yeah. i'm i'm the I, I i'm sort of the um oh what would be the right way to describe me i'm the one that's usually pulling on the reins like yeah that's a little too uh, you know i'm I, sometimes i'm scared to venture into different territories so yeah. i don't know if that's a good or bad thing but um well you, yeah. you got something that works right you don't want to yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly i don't want to like deviate but i don't think that happened on this record we definitely experimented with some different things which we always do on every record yeah so there's going to be some different, slightly different sounds, but nothing crazy like, you know. It sounds like you guys, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But hopefully the the best sounding version of us, because we spent a lot of time on this one. So. Right. Well, and I, I, you would hope, I guess, uh, over the time that you've been a band too, that you would progress in some slight way each time. You yeah, you want to. Again. You want to. But but we, we, we can't allow ourselves to be the judges of that. Everybody else will be the, the judges of that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it um, when, when it comes out, and I'm sure a lot of other people are too. Um, Me too, yeah. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to hear it. That's mix. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before I let you go, I, you've probably not been asked this question before, but um, one of the things that kind of uh, I've been thinking about re- recently is that you know, I've been doing this show for eight and a half years now. I've talked to a pretty wide range of, of local artists from, you know, whatever genres. and what, You've got everybody covered. Age 18 that's, that's to awesome. 70 or something, right? But yeah. what do you think it is about Winnipeg that... 
I've asked a lot of people this, and I, I don't think there is an answer to it, but I'm just curious what your take on it is. Mm-hmm. Does Winnipeg have a sound? And, and what is that sound? And the reason I ask is because I think that listening to anything from hip-hop to country to, to hardcore, there's always something kind of inherently Winnipeg-y <laughs> about mm. music from here. And I, I've never been able to place what it is. I'm just wondering if you, if you feel that as well. Is there sort of, you know, something that, that feels Manitoba about music from, uh, from here? Mm, that's a that's a good question. I thought you were going to ask me a slightly different question, but uh, uh, now I have to think a little harder. <laughs> what was the question you thought I was going to ask? Well, I usually get asked the question of like, why is there so much music that comes out of Winnipeg? Right, my right. quick 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 answer is, well, we have harsh winters, so we're yeah. in the basement. And in the in the summer, there's mosquitoes, so we're inside. So in that's kind of like my, my my joke answer. Well, this is a um, variation on that. It's it's similar, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. This one I have to think a little hard. Uh, is there a is there a like? One thing I do notice about Winnipeg bands, especially local bands, is there's because 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 we're a we're a bunch that uh, likes to make you know some self depreciating humor about ourselves totally. in our city. Yeah. Um, but there's also a little bit of pride in that. Like there's something we're proud of being able to pull off because we're from Winnipeg. Yeah. And I think some of that is is isolation because once like. I didn't realize how isolated Winnipeg was comparatively until I started touring. Yeah. Because yeah. like you go, you go to the East coast in the States and it's like, we're touring with bands from out there. I'm like, you guys have it so good. You can, you can literally have full-time jobs and just do weekends yeah. and play like pretty much every weekend and never have to drive more than eight hours from home. And you can <laughs> do the whole year like that. Like for us, like we're eight hours close, from anywhere, right? Yeah. 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 Like Regina's, five, six hours away. And then the next biggest place is uh, Minneapolis, which is eight hours, yeah. away. seven, seven or eight, depending on how fast you drive, maybe yeah. six, but yeah, <laughs> it's, we, we don't have the luck. So I, I don't know. There's something about the isolation that I think, um, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I can't put my finger on it either, yeah. but yeah, there's like this weird combination between maybe a bit of a sound and sort of the self-depreciating humor mixed yeah. with a little bit of pride. Like, we're a little different, but we can still do this. Yeah. We got it. And, it, you know, it's kind of inspiring, I think, to a lot of people. I think it's almost that we we talk shit about our own town all the time. But as soon as someone else says anything negative about it, everyone uh, uh, has uh, their backs uh, up. Slow and, down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what you're saying with the self-deprecating humor yeah. and the and, pride, too, right? It's Yeah, yeah. And I also get it when people shit on Winnipeg. Like, oh, for sure, like, yeah. yeah. Winnip- Winnipeg, like, you have to see it through a certain lens. And it's like, I don't expect everybody to get it. You know, Most people like, won't, yeah, yeah. No, but but every now and then, like right now, because I can't do this, I'm doing a lot of Uber driving. Sure. So yeah, I, yeah. I actually drive a lot of people. Uh, most of the people I drive are from somewhere else. You know, they, they've come from a different country or, you know, people have moved here from, you know, sometimes Toronto Bank. And I'm like, yeah. why? Uh, you know, I met someone and, you know, it's actually not that bad. I like it here. Like, <laughs> you know, we, like I couldn't do this where I'm from because – there's no way I could have like, you know, I live in a $300,000 house out there. It's 1.2 million, you know, or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's like, they found sort of where they fit into the city. And I think that's kind of how I see this city. It's like, if you find something about it, um, that's kind of like unique and beautiful and you feel connected. Yeah. It's absolutely home. But you know, a lot of people, they, they don't, they don't have that. And I, I get that too. You know, it's like, Winnipeg is, uh, it's an odd place, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, it's also a rad place if you find your place, you know? 